Amiba. And you are listening to CITR Radio, FM 102, Cable 102, Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada. And it's time right now for the Nardwar, the Human Serviette Radio Show. And you just heard The Drafted with Ted Nugent is a pussy. Thank you so much, Adam, for that 7-inch release. The Drafted with Ted Nugent is a pussy. Thank you, Adam, for that 7-inch. And today on the Nardwar, the Human Serviette radio show, an interview with, from London, England, Little Sims. And to prepare you for Little Sims, here is Mark 5 with The Phantom on the Nardwar, the human serviette radio show. Phantom 
you're still listening to the Nardwar, the Human Serviette Radio Show. And you just heard right there the Downtown Boys from Providence, Rhode Island, with Potter El Ligra from their LP Full Communism. And thank you very much, Downtown Boys, for giving me your LP at South by Southwest, where I witnessed you live with Sheermag, Sheermag, the Downtown Boys. Thank you. And before that, a band you can check out at Levitation, happening at Malcolm Mole, the Dead Ghosts. Thank you, Dead Ghosts, with Rat race and before that from calgary alberta the fags with rivet factory thank you darren from calgary for that particular seven inch and we began that set with the mark five with phantom from 1966 from Fort Worth Teen Scene, Volume 3, all about the teen scene of the 1960s, put out by Norton Records in Fort Worth, Texas. Right now, here's an interview with Little Sims from London, England. Who are you? I am Little Sims. A.K.A. the Princess of? Rap. Welcome to South by Southwest in Austin, Texas. Thanks for having me. Little Sims, right off the bat, I have a gift for you. And it is something that you hold near and dear to your heart, a J. Dilla LP. Oh, wow. What can you say about Little Sims and J. Dilla? How do you know I like J. Dilla? I'm not supposed to ask you questions. Oh, no, feel free because you are Little Sims. We have to know. Jay Dilla for me, like, is one of my musical influences aside from my, you know, everyone, I'm sure you know, I love Lauren Hill, but Jay Dilla for me, just his, his production and, and what he brought to hip hop and what he done for hip hop, um, is incredible. So that's sick that you know that. I love, um, I think one of my favorite Jay Dilla beats is Trashy, but, um, yeah, I check this out. I've not heard many of these ones. Some Jay Dilla for Little Sims. Little Sims, and I have a quote for you. I appreciate the things I can do. Achieve, achieve, achieve. Uh, how? How? The angel, please explain. I'm done. Oh, my days. Okay, so Achieve, Achieve, Achieve was the first song I ever wrote. I wrote it when I was 10. Um, how you know that, I don't know. Um, but I performed it for the first time at Angel Islington, my hometown. And, uh, yeah. Mrs. Rowanson. Miss Rowson. <gasps> Too far. Too far. How do you know about my head of year? That was the high school years. Little Sim, the high school years. Yeah. Right, this is mad. Go on, keep going. No, what can you say about her? Ah, oh, Miss Rosen was my head of year from like year seven till year 11. She was one of those teachers you really didn't want to disappoint. You really didn't want to let Miss Rosen down. If she got mad at you, it was a wrap. Like, do not play with her but very very kind-hearted very sweet um always had our best interests at heart 
And yeah, she's cool, man. That's mad that you that you know. Quote Youth suspect at a railway station. Youth suspect at a railway station. Oh <laughs> ill manners. Okay, yeah. Uh damn. Yeah, so I was an an extra at um for a film sorry you've just completely thrown me uh for a film called ill manners directed and starring plan b um which was years ago and it was like the scene was two seconds so how you caught that i don't know global seven global seven yes wow that's crazy that's my sister's agency and she's an actress yes and an agent does she handle you yeah, my, yeah the, the acting side, yes. That's crazy that you know that. And you are Little... Sims. Little Sims, quote, sick a bit. The show? Yes. Wow. Wow, okay. Damn, you got so in, bro. Like, how? Like, I'm just done. Anyway, sick a bit is a show, um, it was... Like, I think they had, like, a residency at a, a spot called the Purple Turtle in Camden... And um, it, I think it was like month monthly, and they had different like UK artists to come to perform at the event. I performed there one time, and it was just like, yeah, like an event for young people, or a chance for you to go and see the the hottest like underground acts and stuff. So yeah, it was cool. What about Jasmine from the saxophone? Oh my days, jeez, you are lit, bro. Um, yeah, J- Jasmine went to my school. Uh, she's crazy talented on the sax. She's like, yeah, people always pick up instruments in school and then drop them when they get to like year 10, year 11. But Jasmine continued like, and I think she still plays it up until today. From year seven, she's been on that. So yeah, she's sick. Now you also have space. <laughs> jeez, come on, tell me what you know. Well, I think it's amazing that you have a personal trainer. Oh, <laughs> jeez, Wedgley. Yeah, Reese is. Um, he's he loves fitness. That's for sure. He's our, our group's very like. There's so much within us, but we all have one thing in common, and that just so happens to be music and the fact that we're all good friends. So yeah, everyone does different things. It's cool. Little Sims, we have another gift for you. It is kind of an American gift right here. A gangsta boo from the 3-6 Mafia, 12-inch. Jeez. Where she does the song, Fuck. You. Oh, I I wasn't sure I was was meant to. Every song with Fuck You is always good, right? Um... I mean, coming from Nardo, yeah, I guess. This is the real South, isn't it? This is the real deal. This is what inspired a lot of the music we hear today. This is this is it, really. So for you guys making all that trap, thinking that you invented it and thinking it's new, it's actually not. It's actually, um, what you're actually doing is uh, regurgitating these sounds. And you're into Alex Gray? Alex, raw, you are, yeah. How do you know that? Because you are Little Sims. We have to know. <laughs> that is mad. Ha- no, that's too mad. Like, what can I say about Alex Gray? He is a painter, an artist, and he done um, this one painting called Dialogue. And it, uh, it actually inspired me to want to do a project on it. And it's all based on 
the the seven the seven senses and uh, your chakras and you know what connects you to the earth and it's really sick. You should check it out. Little Sims, anything you want to say to the people out there, though? Um, I want to say thank you very much for everyone that's been supporting me. I truly appreciate it. Thank you, Nardwa and the team for having me. These are my friends over here in the back chilling, fly as fuck. And um, do I can I do it? Why should people care about Little Sims? Why should people care? Well, I mean, if you care about uh, real music and um, honest, true music, and you care about the future um, for our future generation, and if you want to be more aware about things in life, then you should care. But if you don't want to do any of them thing, uh, any of those things, then yeah, you probably shouldn't care. Well, thanks so much, Little Sims. Keep on rocking in the free world and to do 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 do. Yeah. Thanks, Nadwa. Thank you, guys. Thanks for having me. Thanks for the vinyls. Peace out. Age 101, Space Age, Chart 20, OTG, Little Sims, Nardwa, In The Cut, Know Yourself, Tiller, Josh Arce, Smirks, Inside, Izzy, N1, Come On, What? <laughs> Oh, I got a big budget and the price tag. Looking for a body, tell me, would you buy that? Go to the Bahamas, tell me, would you fly back? Pay me big money, I tell you, I might rap. I'll give them an impact, oh, and I'll be sitting at the top. Chilling with a cup of tea and listening to rock. When niggas act like bitches, I tell them to wear some gloss. And if you ain't fucking with me, I tell them that it's your loss. So when you're in my company, better call me the boss. I'll never go from my skinnies to wearing a pretty frock. I'm steady tasering brothers and even them in a shock. And running your mouth will get you written off. Know that we'll do it on my time. I don't pay attention to clocks. I'll leave them out in the rain and tell them they can't knock. Oh, hotter than the sauna. Broke boys always want to be the baller. Coke boys got me listening to French. If you're wanting mac and cheese, I can give you a saucer. We're going to the same place, but we're going different ways. It's the same old script, but different plays. Got these rappers panicking of what I might say. They run it by me and I give them the okay. Funny that. Oh, who's this now? Oh, yo. I'm up, man. Uh, Alright, right, cool, cool. Let's go.
you're still listening to the Nardwar, the human serviette radio show. You just heard the Glad Rags with Bullshit Head. Who are playing the Glad Rags tonight at 12 a.m. at the Hindenburg as part of Music Waste, the Glad Rags with Bullshit Head. Thank you, Glad Rags, for sending that to me, much appreciated. And before that, also sent to me, thank you, Chase, from Eugene, Oregon, VCR, with Out of My Head. And before that, Little Sims with Breakfast. And before that, an interview with Little Sims. Right now, thought I would play something by Austin Party. Austin Party, yes, Austin Party doing Austin Party on the Macon Bacon label, M-A-P-L, which means all Canadian. And then a flexi-disc of Boy George getting interviewed during his interrogation for Smash Hits number three, a Boy George flexi-disc with all the pops and hisses that you could want. So here we go, Austin Party with Austin Party on the Macon, Bacon label, all Canadian, and then a picture disc of Boy George interrogated by Smash Hits magazine. It's Smash Hits number three on the Nardwar, the human serviette radio show.
back A Tomboy's Cadillac There ain't nothing as crazy as an ice cream party And sipping that Lone Star Bowl Wailing and wailing at the Luke and Bob Texas And on their way back home Now it's Ray Wally Hubbard and old guy Clark Filling in for Jack and Jack There's old J.J. O'Deed in the back George, tell us a joke. Why has Prince got a moustache? To hide the stretch mark. <laughs> I know a good one. Why hasn't George Michael got a girlfriend? Because you can't fit two on a sunbed. <laughs> what would you have inscribed on your gravestone? I came to dance, but everyone had their legs cut off. Goodbye. <laughs> Can you do any impressions? <laughs> I can't really. Marilyn's really good at doing Dame Edna Etheridge, but I'm not very good at doing anyone. But we've heard you do a good Carol Channing. Hi, sweetums. Raspberries. No, I'm not very good at that. <laughs> Give up. Can you speak French? Voulez-vous coucher avec moi? En coulet. Voulez-vous coucher avec moi means, do you want to go to bed with me? So that song, voulez-vous coucher avec moi? This one. And uh, en coulet is very rude. Any others? Oh, it's a song called Don't Go Down That Street. It's like a Japanese song we did, and we did it in Japanese. And then when you're on stage, um, if you say, it means everyone goes crazy. Because it means basically get out of your seat and have a good time. And it's like great to, to do that. What's your favourite line from a song? Oh, there's a great line in the Bowie song, which is um, as ugly as a teenage millionaire. I love that line. It's from um, Scary Monsters' album. As ugly as a teenage millionaire. Just that's great. I love that. <laughs> Actually, I do quite a good Bowie impersonation. I may not always love you. <laughs> Where do you think you'd come in a list of the most fanciable pop stars? Last. <laughs> So wouldn't you fancy someone who looked like you? No. Why? I don't like puffs. <laughs> no, I just... I don't know. It's like, you know, if you've got curly hair, you always want to have straight hair. Nobody really wants to sort of get off with themselves, do they? I suppose George Michael, right? <laughs> when was the last time you cried? Wasn't that long ago. The last time I cried was when I was working this year with Marilyn. And that bitch made me cry because he was getting on my nerves so much. I've been up all night and he was like, he stormed out of the studio and got in the limousine and the driver came up the stairs and said, where's Marilyn's medicine? Because he was, he was a bit ill. And I just took the whole lot and tipped it down the toilet and then I had a cry. <laughs> and I went downstairs and I said, you get out of this car, I'm going to kill you. <laughs> get out of those stairs now. you got to do this vocal before 8 o'clock in the morning. I think that was the last time I had a really good cry. I mean, I'm always crying, but that was a serious cry. Are you in love? Yep. I've been in love for a long time. When you're in love with somebody, nothing is perverted. Do you know what I mean? And when you aren't in love, there's so many restrictions on what you can do, you know, in your sex life or just in your personal life. You know, there's so much that you can't do. You know, like, love is, is totally, you know, like, it's not inhibited at all. And that's what I love about being in love. You know, you don't have to be inhibited. 
you know, when you meet somebody, it's like, you know, you've got to go through the whole routine of, you know, um, do you mind if I put my gas mask on, you know? And I mean, it's like, you know, like in, when you're in love with someone, nothing matters. And I mean, you don't have to worry about, oh, and I just hate chasing foxes as well. It's so boring. And I mean, I just hate hunting people down. Who was the last person you hit? The last person I hit was Marilyn. I hit him in the head with a Perrier bottle in Paris because he went downstairs and, and bought this book on my room. Like he signed it on the check, this really expensive book is about 200 pounds. And he came up and it wasn't that he bought the book, he just walked in the room and he goes, he goes, I found this new game. You go downstairs and you sign a piece of paper and you can get what you like. And I threw a Perrier bottle in. <laughs> Whack. And then he packed his bags and went towards the airport and I cancelled his ticket. It was quite funny. <laughs> when was the last time you spoke to your mum? About a month ago. Like, she'll call up and she'll leave an urgent message on the telephone, like, somewhere. Like, she called me at Holland, she kept, left this urgent message. And I got really worried. And I kept calling her and she, there was no answer on the phone. And all she wanted to do was tell me she bought a washing machine. <laughs> I said, oh, you're so crazy. She's really funny, my mother. Brilliant, though. Where do you live? Mind your own business. No, I live in the centre of London. Have you got any birthmarks? <laughs> yeah, the one on my neck. It's called my face. <laughs> <laughs> Merry Christmas, everyone. We're the Osmonds. My name is Alan. We're all sitting here down in our studio at home, and we just thought we'd take a second to give you a special hello and wish you all a very Merry Christmas. Guys, why don't you tell them your names and a little bit, you know, about yourselves? You bet. This is Wayne, and I might mention, talking here, that this studio we're sitting in right now was our Christmas present last year. Our parents gave us this, uh, a recording studio. It's something that we've 
always wanted, our own little recording studio. I, I really enjoyed it, wiring it up and uh, putting in the two tracks and the 16 track and wiring up the board and all the lights in the studio. Yeah, Don this is Donnie, by the way. Yeah, Donnie's got all the lights working down here. Jay, you can tell his voice has changed, right? <laughs> what about you, Jay? Well, man, I just... I love uh, Christmas because every time Christmas rolls around, I get a bunch of joke books. And by the way, thanks for, thanks for sending all the joke books. I really appreciate them. Yeah, he's been trying them all out on us. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, this is Meryl. And uh, the thing that I like about Christmas is the family gets all together and they, from all over the state, and we all come in and we have a great Christmas dinner. And, well, I have a great Christmas present this year. It's my wife. Yeah, Merrill's Merrill's over the hill now. You yeah, know. He's, he's an old man. He's gone now. <laughs> you know, another another great thing we uh, have fun when, when Christmas rolls around is we go Christmas caroling or we go uh, snowmobiling or we have snow fights. Yeah, I wish you could have shared uh, the decorating of our tree this year with us. It was kind of special. We all got together and Mother and Marie made us some some fudge and some cookies and we all sat around by the fireplace and cooked popcorn and and took turns decorating the lights. Donnie, Donnie put the lights on the tree, and we all sat around and put icicles and decorations. It was a lot of fun, wasn't it? Oh, yeah, it really it was. was. You bet. I'm, in, uh, I'm sort of in charge of all the, the packages. See, I get to, this is Wayne. I get to put all the packages under, under the tree, and uh, you know, I'm, I'm a pilot, and uh, I pilot here and pilot oh, there. Uh, hey, Wayne, Wayne, <laughs> tell them about your, your new Christmas present. Oh, yeah, this, I just got for Christmas something I've always wanted. That's my, own, my very own airplane. Yes, he kind of knew ahead of time because he had to order it. <laughs> and, uh, boy, that's quite a present. You can take you us bet. for a ride? You uh, betcha. Hey, you might just fly over to Britain. You never well, know. it won't go that far. <laughs> <laughs> you know, speaking of Britain, uh, Christmas is always special to the Osmonds. And being able to talk to all our British and European fans, uh, especially the club members like this, is, is extra special. I guess you must always already know how we feel about you. Uh, but we'd all like to personally thank you for making 1973 such a terrific year for us. You know, your welcome and hospitality on our recent tour and your support in making all of our records hits through 1973 has really been tremendous, hasn't it? Yeah, it's really, 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 really appreciate it. Great. And uh, we just hope that, uh, that uh, maybe you'll also uh, join us again in our next tour over there. We're really looking forward to it. And uh, wish you were all here. Now yeah. That's, that's yeah. right. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Hey, Donnie, if, uh, if you could have one Christmas wish, what would you wish for? Well, let me think. Um, well, when I see all these people running around and buying gifts and presents for each other, which is great, um, I just hope they, they don't uh, forget the real true meaning of Christmas. That would be my wish. I think that's great. I think it would be mine, too. You'll have to write and tell us how your Christmas was spent. You bet. And uh, I know that Maureen has been very good in getting all the letters and packages to us, uh, which that especially has made us feel really good to know that you all care and love us as much as we think about you. You know, the coming year that's coming up is really kind of exciting for us, too, besides Christmas. January 1st celebrates uh, the fan club's first birthday, and we hope that all those Osmond fans and members of the club that have been with us from the beginning will be with us again for this coming year because you have really made this year, 1973, something that we'll always remember. Absolutely. So until we see you then, we want to wish you a very Merry Christmas and, and a Happy New Year.
And you're still listening to the Nardwar, the human serviette radio show. And you just heard right there from 1981, Willie Thrasher with Silent Inuit, as reissued by Light in the Attic, as spearheaded by Cipriano Kevin Howes, who was on the Nardwar, the human serviette radio show a little while back, and who is profiled in a brand new Discorder magazine. And before that, we heard from a flexi disc, from a Christmas flexi disc from 1973, The Osmonds, The Osmonds Christmas from 1973. And before that, Billy Joe and the Checkmates from 1962 with Burke O'Later. And before that, some Boy George from Smash Hits, number three, again, another flexi disc. And we began that set with Austin Party, Austin Party, on the Macon Bacon record label. Right now, gonna play something from The Fit kit yes the fit kit you bought the fit kit you figured out if you're a man or a woman depending on side b or side b and then you played along and got fit the canadian home fitness program the program offered in the fit kit is a must for all individuals interested in improving their level of physical fitness the canadian public health association an ideal program for every family regardless of fitness level i urge all canadians to use the fit kit russ kisby president of participation so we are going to hear a little bit of the fit kit and then we are going to hear from the philadelphia flyers all about how to play hockey now the person we're going to hear from specifically i'm not sure how much of the person we're going to hear but we're going to hear rest in peace because he just died a little while ago rick mcleish an offensive forward. So we are going to hear the Flyers on ice inside tips on playing winning hockey from the players themselves. And this goes out to Rick McLeish. Rest in peace. But right now, here is the fit. Find your pulse. Ready and count. Stop. Check your score on the chart to see whether you go on. This is stepping exercise number six for women. Be prepared to step to the music. Five, four, three, two, one. Step, step, up, step, step, down. Step, step, up, step, step, down. Up, two, three, down, two, three. Up, two, three, down, two, three. Thank you. 
Find your pulse. Ready. The and game of ice count. hockey, among all spectator sports, is one of the fastest growing sports today. As interest in the professional teams of the expanding National Hockey League grows, so does interest in playing the game grow among youngsters from coast to coast throughout the North American continent and in Europe. Ice hockey means lightning like speed, precision movements. It comprises the grace of a ballet dancer intermixed with the bruising toughness of crunching bodily contact. And perfection in a game with so many diverse ingredients is not reached easily. With some, perfection is never reached. But to even come close to perfection means endless hours of hard work and practice. It means learning the subtle intricacies that separate the amateur from the professional. It means desire, and it means sacrifice. The stars of the National Hockey League didn't just happen, they were molded from a raw material into a finished product through years of rigorous training, mental and physical discipline, and constant hard work. And as long as they play the game, the same beat goes on, almost daily, from September to the balmy days in May. Ice hockey is truly a team sport. It represents team play by each and every player, meshing their talents into one smoothly operating, well-oiled machine and good team play leads to team success. Now, what you're about to hear does not for a minute guarantee instant success for you as a hockey player. What it will do is provide you with some interesting inside tips on how some of the National Hockey League Philadelphia Flyers play their game, why they make certain moves, what goes through their minds in given game situations, the rigid individual and team discipline that is a must in playing winning hockey.
There are a few moments in ice hockey more artistically beautiful than a smooth skating forward flying up ice, cutting, swerving, changing speeds, and moving into position to score. Almost anticlimactic is the score itself. And the great ones make it look so effortless. Yet none of this comes without a lot of practice and a lot of hard work and a lot of teamwork, too. Hockey is a team sport, and no one player is more important than the team itself. Rick McLeish of the Flyers ranks year in and year out as one of the league's top scorers, yet none of his great ability just happened. He worked hard, starting at a young age, to perfect his major league style, and he hasn't stopped working yet, and won't, because Rick McLeish knows that to stay on top means you have to keep working at it. Rick, because this album is primarily for youngsters, let's get into some real basics. How does a youngster select the proper stick? In other words, it's got to feel comfortable, quite obviously. Well, each player has a different lie. Like, it could go from one player, like, might have a lie of four and a half, to a player that has a high lie of almost seven. It's just the way that you're leaning on the puck, how far you are leaning over where you're going to shoot or how you're carrying the puck or how straight you're going to be where you're carrying the puck. It's, it's just a different player's uh, confirmation. Is there any way, any uh, foolproof way of knowing if a stick is too short or too long for you? Some people have, uh, have uh, used the uh, common measuring stick of standing on the ice with their skates on. If the shaft comes above his nose, they figure it's too, too long for him. Well, I figure it is, too. I think it should come around your chin or your mouth because uh, it's just a little too much stick once you get your handle and stuff on there, and you tend to see to shoot the puck, and, you know, it might go off to either corner. Rick, your strength is, is offense. Let's talk about the right way of handling and carrying the puck. When pairing the puck, you should have a firm grip on your stick. This is so your stick cannot be knocked from one or both your hands. While you're carrying the puck, your head should be directly up. It should not be down. This is so that you can see the opposition or your other player and what you're going to pass to. When you're carrying the puck, it should always be looking ahead. It's uh, just a different way of knowing where you're going to be at the right time and uh, knowing where your other players are going to be. Plus the fact that if any defensive player catches you with your head down, watch out. Yes, it gives you a tendency to hurt a little. And that's <laughs> I guess. Puck movement from one player to another, Rick. This is what triggers a team's offensive break. What are the do's and what are the don'ts and the correct way of passing the puck? Well, in puck movement, from player to player, you should be quick and accurate. You should be watching where you're going to pass the puck. And you should. the best way to be is, uh, is to catch the other team off guard, and that is by moving the puck to the other player while he's in movement, too. If you do this, you can catch them off balance. You know, you move out of your end very quickly. Okay, let's take a step back. Carrying the puck, should it be cradled uh, up near the uh, front of the blade or back near the heel? It should be cradled near in the middle of the blade, and the puck should be carried close to you because it's the puck moves in the movement of your body, and it's pretty hard to, like a guy that's checking you from the right and you're left-handed, it's pretty hard for him to check if you use your body and you have your puck on your stick on the other side of you. Okay, what about receiving a pass? Uh, most players, uh, yourself included, like a good, hard, crisp pass. What prevents you from uh, uh, having that puck uh, bounce right off your stick? Well, you're supposed to cradle the puck as it comes to you. Just bring your stick back softly with the puck, just like you're throwing a ball into a pillow. It just 
goes in and comes out again. Different situations, I would assume, dictate the type of shot you take, Rick. Let's discuss hockey's three basic shots. The first one, the wrist shot. Uh, Mr. O'Donnell, will you please uh, put me through uh, with those calls now? Yes, uh, first get me my brother. Yeah, that's right, the Justice Department brother. <laughs> We've got to get this country moving again, moving again. Moving again. Hello, Bobby, your big brother here. <laughs> I'm uh, very concerned about this uh, sit-in demonstration matter. In my judgment, uh, the Justice Department should move on this. After all, she was uh, seated at the counter. She was not served, and she suffered personal abuse. What's that? Well, how should I know? Maybe Caroline likes to eat at the Young Republicans Club. <laughs> well, see what you can do anyway. Now then, uh, get me uh, the chairman of the Atomic Energy Commission. We must move forward, forward. We must move forward. <laughs> uh, hello, uh, this is the president. Uh, I have been reading your report on radioactive fallout in this month's Modern Screen magazine. <laughs> oh, no, that's no, perfectly all right. I freelance a little myself. Uh, but I am disturbed by your conclusions. I had understood that the radioactivity in the air was below dangerous levels. And now I read this. Do you realize the panic there will be when people learn that the fallout will interfere with TV reception? <laughs> well, uh, keep me informed, please. All right. Yeah, now get me Ted Sorensen. We've got to keep this country moving, but I'm not sure where. <laughs> Oh, hello, Ted. Uh, how are you? Uh, how are you coming with my speech for the Washington Press Club? You need what? A strong closer. Well, uh, how about this? You won't have Kennedy to kick around anymore. <laughs> oh, uh, Nixon used that, I see. Well, I tell you what, call up Stevenson and ask him for a few jokes on unemployment. <laughs> And uh, make sure to include uh, plenty of memorable quotations, uh, like that line in my last uh, uh, speech, uh, we have nothing to fear but fear itself. <laughs> What's that? Well, what did I say? <laughs> oh, yes, ask not what your country can do for you. Ask what you can do for your country. Well, I can't use that here. I'm uh, cutting taxes. <laughs> uh, let me see the first draft by tomorrow. Good. And you are still listening, I hope, to The Nardwar, the human serviette radio show. And you just heard there Martin Adam Wilson with He's in Charge Now from 1963. Oh, sorry. He's in Charge Here, Martin Adam Wilson. And this was one of the many, many presidential copycat comedy records and actually this is recorded before obviously 
before November 22, 1963, the date shall live in infamy, but this was actually recorded on February 25, 1963, and this was Adam Martin Adam Wilson as the man in charge. He's in charge here, and before that, a bit of Rick McLeish, rest in peace, from the Philadelphia Flyers, and before that, the Fit Kit. I've been playing a whole bunch of records here today, so I thought I would take you into an actual record store to end the Nardwar, the Human Serviette radio show, into Easy Street Records on Record Store Day from... 2015, where the Sonics made an appearance. So we are going to play as much as we can hear of He's Waiting, Half Love Will Travel, Leaving Here, Hard Way, Psycho, The Witch, and I Don't Need No Doctor. And this came out on Record Store Day in 2016. So this is in Easy Street Records. 2015 for Record Store Day, recorded live, The Sonics. And they were joined by, and the big and is, special guests, Andy Prippa, the original bassist of The Sonics, plus Ben Shepard, Big Kahuna, Chris Ballahue from the Presidents of the United States of America, Eddie Vedder, Jason Kirsten, Matt Lucan from Mudhoney, Mark Pickerel, original drummer of the Screaming Trees, Rod Moody, Van Connor, and as well, not on this recording, Calvin Johnson, Emily Noakes, and Mike McCready. So we are going to hear the Sonics on Record Store Day 2015, live from... Easy Street Records, which uh, with a few guest vocals, you probably will hear Eddie Vedder on Leaving Here, which he also did with The Who. But here is The Sonics, live from Easy Street Records, 1999 plus 16 equals 2015 on Record Store Day on the Nardwar the Human Serviette Radio Show.